Welcome to episode 3 of Let's Watch Cop Rock, an 11-episode podcast discussing that classic police procedural rock musical soap opera crime drama Cop Rock, 11 episodes of which aired on ABC during the fall of 1990. Over the course of this podcast as a whole, we discuss the events of the show, our reactions to the music, and the ways this program worked or didn't work, and why some of it still seems very relevant today. Sometimes we get political, sometimes we crack up uncontrollably, sometimes we tell unbelievable but entirely true stories of our own lives intersections with crime or law enforcement or both. We always play good cop, bad cop, or innocent bystander, and sometimes we aren't sure what to say beyond what the fuck. Two things are in the show notes for you to reference. One is the Rainbow Sponge Supercut video. It's two minutes of extremely surreal sales pitch for a line of art sponges that we reference in this episode. The other is an image of Agent Dana Scully's second season look from The X-Files for you to have a visual reference. I want to emphasize you should watch the third episode of Cop Rock before listening to this episode of the podcast. It'll make a lot more sense. If you want to chat about the show, you can find Officer Orifice on Twitter at Officer Orifice. I'm there, too, as at CopRocker. Links to places where you can buy your very own copy of CopRock are in the show notes, but remember, you can always find it on Amazon at a very reasonable price. Our theme music is The Crime by Risework, with a full attribution in the show notes. And now, let's watch CopRock. Down below, winter that hotbed, surely. Still that old devil's no match for you. I'm sure you'll break this darker too. Yeah, that's my crime, the crime of love. Should we begin? Let's, let's yeah. go ahead and start it. Let's crank it up. So, you're listening to episode three of Let's Watch Cop Rock, and I'm Sergeant Snell. I'm Detective Duda. And I'm Officer Orifice. Look at us. We did that very well. We managed to say all of our names without cracking up. It's like we're proper adults or something. (laughs) I do not make that claim about myself. (laughs) Um, So, my very first note about this episode is that we are all the chief's assistant's exasperated face. Because <laughs> <laughs> like he walks in, the commander walks in the, that office and mm-hmm. the chief is sitting over there strumming and singing about doggies or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and uh and he just has this epic eye roll of just like, what the fuck am I doing here? How did I get on this show? Why am I not on a better one? Yes. <laughs> like what the fuck is wrong? Mm. For for those uh, uh, listeners who may not know, uh, the episode opens with the the chief Chief Kendrick, Chief Kendrick, uh, having a little guitar solo in his office, mm-hmm. and it's a bit of a like a lonesome kind of cowboy number, isn't it? It's a real like extension of his whole crazy batshit. I'm obsessed with the Wild West thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if, it, it was just that it was that home on the range kind of feel that I just mm-hmm. kind of thought like it's just one too many kinks for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's okay to be into 
one thing and yeah. another thing and another thing, but all at once, like, that takes a lot of planning. Yeah. They were kind of thinking, like, we have to make this character interesting. Let's just throw, like, a ton of weird shit in the mix and see what comes out. And I tell you what comes out. What comes out is a totally unbelievable character. (laughs) (laughs) Riding a horse through downtown LA. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, his song, I don't remember what the, I didn't, wasn't sure what the title of the song was. One thing I wrote was that he kept talking about in another age, you know, that Russo would have, like, come back into town after shooting that dude and Mm -hmm. they got in a shave and a haircut and a whore. And I wrote down, in another age, the chief would have gotten punched until he shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what would have happened in another age. The chief would have tried to shoot somebody in the street in a gunfight and died. Yes. I mean, doesn't he say something like, um, why do we punish our gunfighters or yeah, something like yeah. that? Yeah, why did we destroy yeah, something like yeah. that? Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Uh, probably because it's not okay to just murder people and call it a job. Mm. Mm. That's my guess as to why we did that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, slightly disappointed that we were in the chief's office but we didn't see what or who was in the cupboard this week. And I would like to make a plea to anybody who's listening, who's thinking of rebooting Coprock, um, that if they do do that, they should have a regular feature of who's in the cupboard this week. (laughs) So what would be amazing, if you ask me, Mm. is if Joss Whedon and Neil Patrick Harris got together and collaborated on a reboot of Cop Rock that was, like, super weird and a little explicitly tongue-in-cheek, not, like, sort of trying to stealthily be tongue-in-cheek the way mm-hmm. that I feel like this is sometimes. Because with Cop, with actual Cop Rock, it just feels like it's just, like, nobody knows what kind of show they're trying to make. And mm-hmm. so they just throw everything at the wall, and every week it's completely wildly uneven, and you have no idea what the pacing is supposed to be or... <laughs> What you're supposed to be feeling. Is this going to be a scene where somebody dies? Is this going to be a scene where somebody sings awkwardly? I don't... <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not exciting to wonder <laughs> that anymore. It's just confusing. But um, I feel like if Joss Whedon and Neil Patrick Harris got together and gave this the Dr. Harble sing-along blog treatment, uh-huh. that it could be a really stunning, stunning production of, uh, of a spoof of the cop genre yes. and musicals. Yes. That can be Crystal Ashtray's mom, Crackcore mom. <laughs> yes. But definitely I can't sing, so that would be... Well, it would be know. perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I'd <laughs> um, right in. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, uh, uh, Crackcore is uh, one of the better singers, oh, yeah. I think, that we've mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with a reboot, you'd be auto-tuned, couldn't you? Right, yeah. right. So, <laughs> that'd be great. And, uh, and there are a lot of famous uh like singer actors aren't there mm-hmm. these days yeah i was thinking uh she called uh, is it janelle monet mm-hmm. uh i saw her in hidden figures yesterday yeah. she's mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. so good and she's like in moonlight she's amazing in that mm-hmm. and she's like a great singer i'm i would love her to be in cop rock i don't know oh as God, yes. who she could be uh the daughter wife mm-hmm. she's, she's very young i was about to say perfect daughter wife mm-hmm. yeah. casting because she's young she's energetic 
she could she's you know she also is a songwriter yeah and so um it would in that way kind of be like a little nod to original Coprock because that character is portrayed by one of the songwriters from the songwriting room on the oh, show yeah yeah she's actually a very she was and maybe she still is i don't know she's still around she gets interviewed about cop rock believe it or not <laughs> but i mean i suppose i would too i mean people still interview charles manson so why not <laughs> was um, he in cop rock no but i've not no, seen that one yet but it's but <laughs> but they're equivalent crimes oh, okay <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> just as believable yeah you know um but uh she's a, a really talented songwriter a yeah. winning songwriter janelle if you're listening get in touch which surely you are yeah i mean obviously yeah when you say listener z- yeah we're talking to janelle yeah mm-hmm. well it's janelle plus anybody else who might be listening in it yeah yeah um I would love to see a, a big reboot of Cop Rock that really took it on. Yeah, that would be amazing. What's, what's Joss Whedon doing now? Nothing. Right. Yeah, because he quit doing the Marvel movies, right? Yeah. Yeah, so what's he doing? Yeah, nothing. Sitting around waiting for good ideas like this, that's what he's doing. Joss, if you're listening, <laughs> get in touch. If, <laughs> Maybe we could send little cassette tapes like they used to do back in the day yeah. like for bands. <laughs> Mail cassette tapes to totally. Joss and Janelle. Yeah. yeah. What if Joss Whedon and Janelle Monáe were listening to the show together? Oh my god. What if they were on a date right now? <gasps> oh, he's married. Well, well that doesn't, you know. So I mean, what? He might also be trying to, like, you know, get somebody to buy some cocaine, you know, do the cocaine <laughs> slash wife trade, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, so. I don't think Joss is into that. No. Nah, <laughs> nah, kind of a little teddy bear Joss Whedon. No, no. Yeah. I love Joss Whedon. Anyway, uh, yeah, well, who knows? Joss, if you're listening, can you tell us if you're out there, what did you say? Selling crack. <laughs> cocaine. Uh, <laughs> selling cocaine and swapping for wives or whatever. Yeah. Right. The character. Did. Yeah. yeah. If you're into that, get in touch. <laughs> and if you're not into that, get in touch anyway. Especially, we don't discriminate here. <laughs> especially if you're not into that, frankly. Yeah, especially if you're not. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I just love the fact that... Um, it was a cowboy song. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it's, kind of police work adjacent. Kind of. 1815. Yeah. Because yeah. he was like a sheriff type character, <laughs> yeah. wasn't he? Because he was on a horse. Yeah, they, they, he, he goes from like complaining about the gunfighters having been destroyed and not getting whores anymore to riding his horse through the slums in mm-hmm. L.A. Yeah. While people stare at him. Yeah. But he did ride the horse quite nicely. Yeah, sure. Mm. It was nice and smooth. And... Mm-hmm. Although that horse looked bored, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, bless it. Yeah. I think that horse was just thinking, I'd rather be glue. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the horse was more on the level of, like, at least this pays scale. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was all the way out to suicidal. <laughs> it was a horse that showed up last week. It would have been suicidal. Oh, Because yes. that was a real shit episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though I had a good cop, and it was, no, it was mm, not good. No, it wasn't. It wasn't very good, was it? I um, guess there can sometimes be two bad cops in a Oh, sure. Center, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I but, did write down that the Chief song is one of my favorite moments of just complete balls out surrealism. <laughs> <laughs> because it is, it is practically Dada. Like, it is, mm. it is just it is completely disconnected from reality 
and knows that it's completely disconnected from reality. And he's like sitting there singing this song about how great things used to be while he is just blankly stared at by a bunch of background people in the yeah. song, all of whom would have had it actively worse in the time period he's singing to them about yes. to try to tell them how great it is because they're all people of color. Yes. So, what a weird and awkward moment. <laughs> you know? like, it's, just, it's just like, who greenlit that? Yeah, that was very strange. And then it went into the um, opening titles. And I don't know why I hadn't noticed this before, but when the opening titles come up, like, it just comes up, cop rock, right? And there's this huge, like, doom noise. Yeah. It was, it's almost like if you, if by some miracle you had been enjoying the pre-credits bit, that just, like, <laughs> crashes in to remind you you're watching Cop Rock. In case you forgot. In case you forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go into the usual Cop Rock titles, which we've noticed do change a bit. Absolutely. Every week. Because Leonard Betts shows up. Because Leonard Betts, the mm-hmm. cancer-eating man from the X-Files, turns up yeah. in the opening titles. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks much better without hair than he does with he does, that yeah. curl. Oh, see, I think he looks pretty cute with the like, curly red hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love redheads, but like the, I didn't find that becoming on him at all. No. <laughs> Okay. And I'd rather him be a bald cancer eater or whatever his hair was in the X Files episode. Well, we've all got that kink, right, haven't we? Right. I mean, yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't hang out on that ward? No. Um, <laughs> just cruising. Leonard, if you're listening, keep shaving your head. Um, and, and, and give me a call. <laughs> and give Detective Doodare a call. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, again, we enjoyed the uh, opening titles. <laughs> oh, totally. He looks like a human frog. It's amazing. Yes. What do uh, you call him? The short squirt, the shit? What the... <laughs> <laughs> something about a turd or shit or something? <laughs> <laughs> something about a turd or a shit or a, something a squirt. Sure. <laughs> Randy, if you're listening now, please turn it off. <laughs> This is this is not for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> but before you turn off, Randy, just no, no, I didn't call you a short squirt shit. Um, <laughs> that, that's that's totally untrue. And uh, character assassination. What I kind of said. <laughs> Was, um, uh, yeah, I think I know who Bad Cop is. Hello, making things up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you're, you're, you're the LaRusso of the group. <laughs> oh, um, I'm a lot of things, but I'm not, at least not a racist, right? Exactly. <laughs> I can make some shit up about, you know, fucking Randy Newman and his <laughs> shitty frog face. <laughs> oh. I really hope he has turned off by this point. Oh, uh, yeah, here's fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, yes. Otherwise, he might call us and play a song. <laughs> <laughs> All I said was that um, he has a very interesting singing style and a very interesting facial expression in that opening <laughs> titles. And it's kind of what I... Well, I think what a lot of people, especially British people, would refer to as... Uh, 
A chunky poo face. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely much on the harder side than a squirrel. (laughs) Precisely. I mean, that's that's why I objected to. (laughs) At least you didn't say squirt. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Holy shit. Yes. Huh. Randy strikes me as somebody who has who gets plenty of fibre, uh, so which is good for you. It so, is, yes. Yeah. Brings oh. down cholesterol and all kinds of good things. Yeah. He, uh, what I find stunning about his appearance is those glasses. Those glasses just slimy. They make yeah. him into a human frog. Yes, yeah. I, 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 were they in fashion in 1990? No. Right. They were like probably out late late 80s, mm-hmm. I would say. Right. They're kind of like if Sally, Jesse, Raphael... Ooh, that might be a dated reference. Um, anyway, <laughs> but I mean, we're watching Cop Rock. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> if Sally, Jesse, Raphael needed glasses to go into space, then that's what, that's what she would have worn. So okay. you know, she had her great big red rimmed glasses. Yes. When she had her talk show. Mm. I remember those giant glasses. I, oh, I She's really remember. funny on Twitter now, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for British people who may not know who uh, uh, Sally Jesse Raphael is, uh, imagine the snooker player Dennis Taylor. He also had big glasses like that. Oh, okay. I have no idea if he's as amusing on Twitter. <laughs> um, did, but, did he have a late night talk show where he like? No, no, he just played snooker. He played snooker with these enormous glasses. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dennis, nice. if you're listening, <laughs> get in touch. And Sally, if you're listening, like totally. Oh yeah. Oh my God, you you're amazing. You're practically here with us now. She's one of the reasons why I figured out what being queer meant. Aww. Yeah. Three o'clock in the morning watching her. What was she doing? She was interviewing gay people at 3 o'clock in the morning. I think I only knew that she came. I think she was like one of my... Didn't didn't she normally play during the day? Because I feel like she was one of the ones that came on. It was either like soap operas or the talk shows. In my town, it was 3 o'clock in the morning. uh, So like, what was his face? Rivera? Geraldo Rivera? Geraldo was an afternoon show for Montel Williams. Like, that was a sick day. You know, like, that's what Mm -hmm. I learned on sick days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How not to... Get knocked up at twelve and end up on the Jerry Springer show. You know. So Sally Jesse was in many ways the spiritual predecessor to Jerry Springer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but a fascinating show when I was ten and growing up in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Mm, I had kinda... a classmate that went on the Jerry Springer show. Really? Mm-hmm. What was I the think topic? Was, I think it was because she was fourteen and dating a guy at that point who was like thirty five or thirty eight. Oh, something. Jesus. it was really super duper creepy. And was it also in a police station because he needed to be arrested? Yeah, no, well, I think the I can't remember because I remember she was probably she had failed a grade. She was in my sister's grade, and then she failed, and then she was in my class, and then she dropped out. And I think she got married to him, and then there was like some sort of like. I don't know, baby daddy issue. I I don't know what the fuck it was, but I just remember going, gee, I sat next to her in like fifth grade. (laughs) And I think she dropped out probably not long after that. Like, I think she had failed a couple of times, Mm. but she kind of, she had this like classic, like fifties pinup gorgeous. Like she could have been like Marilyn Monroe's competition Mm -hmm. in the fifties. She was totally gorgeous. Um, but just kind of wrong place. Wrong. Mm. Well, yeah. You know, 
Well, that beats my friend going on Celebrity Squares. Uh, okay. Yeah. Quiz show. Okay. Mm-hmm. She won a car. Ooh. Did your oh, friend win a car? Damn. No, I no. think she probably did not win a car. She, <laughs> she probably won a free paternity suit or something. <laughs> or like, you know, paternity test, you know. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't I, I don't think she won a car. Well. I don't think that was the Jerry Springer way. No. In, in college, I knew a gay couple who wanted a free trip to Chicago. So they and a friend of theirs called Jerry Springer and pretended that that one member of the gay couple was married to the girl that was a friend of theirs, but was cheating on her with the other guy mm-hmm. so that they could have this like story arranged because they were looking for like, you know, did you find out that your boyfriend was secretly dating another man? <laughs> Call Jerry Springer, you know, at the end of every episode, they'd have that <laughs> right. like sort of their fishing the, for sort of yeah. the 90s Craigslist, if you will, <laughs> and, of talk shows. And, and, uh, and so they called up and had a whole manufactured story and they got a free night in Chicago and no! Plane tickets and everything, and they got to go, and, and they were like, yeah, we got like five hours to ourselves in Chicago, but they got free five hours in Chicago, so why not? Wow. Yeah. Uh, did they go on the show? Oh, yeah, they were on the show and everything, and had a whole like fake fight and the whole nine yards, <laughs> and, and said that everybody making the show could obviously tell, like, nobody in that episode was legit, Yeah, and they didn't care. They were just like, just make sure that you, you know, hit these beats and have these fights and do your thing. I thought it was all real. Oh, I'm sorry to break your heart. Kind of like WWEF, whatever the wrestling is. Or right. I, yeah. The Speaking the... of wrestling. Oh, nice segue. Yeah. Oh, scored on that. Yeah, we have mud wrestling and yeah. oil wrestling yeah. in this uh, episode. I didn't go to any strip clubs in the 80s. Um, or ever, actually. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, does that actually happen in them? I don't know, but that looks like it was... I thought they were squeezing mustard on until, like, just a little <laughs> yeah. bit of butter came out. And I'm like, that is <laughs> definitely not enough for some, like, hot oil wrestling. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you need at least a VO5, you know, tube. Yeah. Yes. Not like... Yeah, no. Did, yeah, I don't know if that shit actually happened back in the day. But... Because I was, like, 12. Fair. Um, I I felt like maybe that was another shout out to Dynasty because you know Dynasty had the famous mud wrestling scene. Yes, uh, yes, they did because uh, the, uh, they had the the duck pond mm-hmm. wrestling, and then they when that was all anybody talked about, they had to have like a big Alexis Crystal cat fight every season, mm-hmm. and yeah, one of them was in the mud, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think the the oil wrestling in Cup Rock actually came anywhere near the genius of any of those uh, of those uh, dynasty cat fights. No. Although I did appreciate the foley artist um, in the oil wrestling scene because you know that bit where she squirts on the oil. Mm-hmm. It was slightly overzealous there, I thought, <laughs> because she just like squeezed the bottle and then up on the soundtrack it was just this huge. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. It, it really did sound like getting the last of the ketchup out of the bottle. Yeah. Right well, it's like a, it's like a yellow mustard bottle. Yeah. Like, what the fu- are they 
get like lobster rolls or something? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, um, <laughs> I just felt like the Foley artists had been there all episode because that 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 wrestling scene comes towards the end of the episode, right? And the Foley um, artists had been there all episode with nothing much to do, apart yeah. from a few horse noises at the beginning. <laughs> He's worn out his coconut hands. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just thinks like, oh, great. And he just gets like the biggest mm-hmm. noise he can. <laughs> I can imagine he had his like hand under his armpit, like yeah. trying all sorts of different yeah. uh, uh, noises for a long time before he, he hit on that one. Like, one shoulder is visibly bigger than the other. <laughs> like he's a little hunched, you know? Yes. He's a bit like uh, our friend D from the uh, the Wiggle, uh, the yeah. uh, uh, Rainbow Sponge uh, adverts. No flab yeah. on that arm. No. Flab on that arm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely no flab on his, on his squirt noises. <laughs> Squirty arm. I know, right? Uh, Bless his heart. Him and D should get together. They should. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to set them up. D in the beyond. Wiggles, wiggles! Oh my, oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! <laughs> I got sent to the Korean for the army camp. What was it? Crafts, arts and crafts. The army's arts and crafts division sent me to Korea. Oh my god! Okay, we're gonna get off on a bit of a tangent, but. In, in the, the show notes. From the show notes. Show notes. Just, just go to the show notes and watch the art stuff. It's oh. amazing. It's beautiful. Make sure you God. do piles of cocaine and or get really stoned right before. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's definitely going to be an end. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so uh, I just want to note that like, the scene where the captain is putting the screws to LaRusso's partner mm-hmm. to be like, go ahead and fess up to the fact that LaRusso just murdered the shit out of a dude. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty good scene. It was. Like, it totally works. I have no notes yeah. for that scene. He looks so different, the, the chief, uh, not the chief. Um, the captain. The captain. He looks different to me in this episode. Like, yeah. yeah. Like a haircut and yeah. like some weight loss. He looked like his mustache wasn't as missing as it was before. I thought that. So, in this, uh, this episode is the first time we watched it in the original aspect ratio. I was wondering because everybody the... looks skinnier. Okay. Oh. Okay, that makes sense because I noticed the bars on the side. And I, was, yeah. I was like, I don't remember that before. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Was that something to do with my telly then? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's why I didn't write "hello arms" once <laughs> either. <laughs> I feel short changed now. Baby arms. <laughs> Exactly, he just had normal arms. Yeah, I'm like, I wonder how much of the uh, the ratio too is Barbara Bossom's fat suit. Yes, I still need. To, I can't wait to see what this bitch actually looks like because I have no idea who she is. <laughs> she she well, looks like in, yeah. in the opening titles. Yeah, when she sat down in her cagoule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she normally but, looks like. But I noticed that in this episode, I mean, it's fucking LA. They they have gone out of their way to have people sweating buckets in scenes. And when she's standing in the plastic surgeon, I'm mean, jumping ahead, I'm sorry, but when she's standing in the plastic surgeon's office talking about which noses she wants and stuff, then she is wearing an overcoat because they're trying so hard to make it look like Barbara Bosson has yes. a bunch of extra weight to remove. Yeah. Um, and it's just so fucking, it's Scully in the second season all over Oh, again. yeah. Except instead of trying to hide the pregnancy, they're trying to make her look like <laughs> yes. she's got a big ass. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
That is crazy. I and mean, Barbara Boston's such a, a, a great looking woman, you know, sort of like, she's such a good looking woman. And then, yeah, and so they, they have to overcompensate like fuck with all yeah. the fat suit and the coat and the prosthetics and they even give her like that big mole and all that kind of stuff and you just kind of think like they had to do that because I guess just sticking a bucket over her head would be going too far and going our mare's too ugly to be seen because mm-hmm. she's the ugliest woman in the world she's and the like you know you think the world, these, these things were happening before you know social media so she just mm-hmm. didn't have access to it so she, here she was thought that she was you know yeah. just fine and dandy and in the public's eye and then people were being assholes and she just never had to hear about it now mm-hmm. people can just search and just find out all the nasty shit people are saying about them yeah, yeah. it's a good job Mayor Wendy Wendy Plank, Plank. When, yeah, uh, Wendy Plank. Was it Wendy Plank? Louise Plank. Louise Plank. It's a good job uh, uh, Mayor Louise Plank isn't around today. Lord have mercy. Okay, well, I mean, Twitter'd rip her a new one, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, the YouTube comments alone might, call, might cause her to die. I know, right? <laughs> She's carrying all that extra weight. She'd just keel over, couldn't she? <laughs> Clutching her oversized heart. <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> her. Her enlarged organs. Yes. Um, Talking of enlarged organs, um, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. (laughs) I'm really waiting for what's coming next. No, no, I was going to say it was lovely to see um, uh, LaRusso, our resident spiky Italian cop, wearing the uh, regulation spiky Italian cop outfit in an early scene (laughs) where he had like a a, a short-sleeved shirt that was buttoned down to the navel with a vest underneath with some chest hair showing. Mm -hmm. I totally miss it. I think LaRusso, I just look, I'm just like, I don't even notice him really. I I don't know. And he had the contrasting color interior cuff done on his arm. I totally miss that. Yeah. Who knew the gay dudes would notice all the fashion? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that LaRusse is just kind of a dick. You oh, know? he's so, so awful. Oh, he's trying terrible. To, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, okay, so his girlfriend just sings a song about how much she oh. wants to ditch him. And I'm like, girl, ditch him. Yeah. Ditch, yeah. Get, like, she, her song is atrocious. But she can actually sing. Hey, I was really pleased with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, but, like, that song is garbage. And the whole song is like, oh, but this is love, and I hate love, and but this is love. And I'm like, newsflash, girlfriend, this is not love. This is abuse. Yes. Yeah. Like, he's a dick to her. Mm-hmm. He shoots people. He's a bad person. He's really not a nice guy. Yeah. She can do better any day of the week. Especially if she's making, like, hundreds of bucks a night. Right. I so, mean, like, she can... Mm-mm. 500 bucks for, like, shagging a punter. Like, well, and she, but she doesn't even do that. I know. But I mean, but she could. Jesus Christ! So. I mean, you know, let's face it. All of us, lot, we do it for a fiver, wouldn't well, we? I mean, I, well, I was going to say, if you're listening and you have five hundred dollars, get in touch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah, yeah. In a heartbeat. But like, is that does that count as soliciting? I'm sorry, I'm just putting my <laughs> officer Fiche hat on here. Uh, I think yes. that's probably a breach of like iTunes, you know. <laughs> Uh, one does not sell itself on our podcast <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I'd do it for $500 I said if you've got $500 let me know get in okay. touch yeah. get in something else you know, <laughs> and, 
Yeah. Or a fiche. Is it illegal if you say it in a foreign language? <laughs> <laughs> Technically, <laughs> or a fiche is not a foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's not Italian? No, I hate to break it to you. My swarthy complexion might give the impression that I am Italian, but uh, no, unfortunately I am not. Uh, that song, yeah, I think that I think that song is actually called "I Hate Love." Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Yeah. Yes, and uh, it's just terrible lyrics. I hate myself, God. I hate myself. He doesn't even treat me nice. Yeah, no shit. Yes, the fuck on. Yeah, yeah. She she couldn't even look at herself in the mirror. Like no. she was oh, just like, you know, she couldn't even. Well, she had nothing. That song her, was yeah. just that. That's I mean, being abused by a partner is bad enough, but having to sing that song as well. I was kind of thinking yeah. about when I was a kid, and I used to get dead legs from sitting on the toilet so long making up songs. <laughs> this is one of those songs. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that when I was about eight or so, <laughs> I. I made this song up. Oh, this song is... Like, it is so terrible. Yeah. Just musically, it's a terrible song. I'm not even talking about the content of it. The content itself is offensively atrocious. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the song, musically, is just garbage. Yeah. And whilst we're watching this, we're waiting for a song about police work and, you know, whatever. But, no, this... Mud wrestler, this mud wrestler, she's on screen for about two seconds mm-hmm. and then suddenly she's getting a solo about hating love. And you're thinking, I don't know anything about you apart from the fact you're a mud wrestler. And yeah, you know, uh, what? A naked mudder. A naked, naked mudder, yeah. Uh, and no judgment there. You know, the world needs mud wrestlers, sure, I'm guessing. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I was just kind of thinking, well, why should we care? Yeah. I kind of want to hook her up with Gaines because he's like, you know, right. kind of, well, He's know, nice. He's, uh, I, yeah, we'll get there. But he's so positive. I'm like, I want to hook them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, so. not the best policeman. No, <laughs> not the best. But no. I think that she could, if she's going to date policemen, I think Gaines would give her some positive yes. outlook on herself and her life. And, you know. Yeah. 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 But honestly, I feel like two-thirds of the people in the audience at her strip club mud wrestling show mm-hmm. would treat her better yeah. than in one date yeah. than Larissa has probably treated her in the entire course of their apparently serious relationship. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Because he is just trash. Yeah. yeah. I do kind of like the fact that, you know, like at the beginning of the show, of the season with Larissa, and... You don't know. You think, like, he might be an okay guy, but he yeah. just, like, operates outside the rules. But it turns out, no, he's, like, a, a massive dick. And I kind of like that. I like the fact that we may have been slightly wrong-footed. It's like mm-hmm. the show is operating on a level you might not expect it to operate mm-hmm. I was thinking on. you were hoping he had a massive dick. <laughs> like, That's ten well, more episodes. we hoped. We, you know, <laughs> he is a massive... Well, is he? And he has. <laughs> well, there are eight more episodes to go. All right. And mm. we don't know what they were doing for ratings by the end of it. Right. Yeah. He might be mud wrestling for all we know. 
<laughs> sell, sell his body for 60 bucks. Yeah. Well, look at those tiny arms. All that growth hormone had to go somewhere. <laughs> right. You know? Assumably, he got the same allotment as anybody else. <laughs> I, I think that is more aspect ratio related I, than it is, you know. I think so. He doesn't I, actually have T-Rex arms. No. But, uh, but I do think, though, that you're... I think you're onto something with it because one of my objections to cop shows is it's impossible to make a cop show that does not glorify cops and it's mm-hmm. impossible to make a cop show. Even a cop show that seems to sort of question the role of the police ultimately winds up being an exercise in authoritarian narrative mm-hmm. because it's like either the cops are perfect or the cops are so terrible, but it's because the job we have asked them to do is so terrible. Yeah. You know, and thus, you know, we should all feel bad about the fact that they're huge dicks in the shield, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in this case, I feel like to some degree what they're saying is, no, maybe these are just human beings and maybe some of them are assholes and some of them are not. Yeah. And maybe it would be better if the cops just followed the rules because the rules exist for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and he's uh, violated tons of people's civil liberties in the course of three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's engaged in entrapment. He's killed a dude yeah uh, and um, and he's paying the price yeah they're punishing him for it and I feel like that's kind of unusual in a cop mm-hmm. show yeah 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 it's interesting um, it's not what you would expect from this show no not at all in a way and, uh, it's yeah. another symptom of why I suspect that they had like three different shows being written at the same time yeah and being crammed together in one hour yeah mm-hmm. and talking of one of those other shows um, we have the uh, I won't say the culmination because I haven't seen it all yet but this is definitely where the the mayor in a fat suit uh, storyline <laughs> kind of really starts gathering momentum and we find out why they stuck Barbara Bottom in a fat suit and it's because the mayor apparently is too fucking ugly to live. Yeah. And that's a line they use. <laughs> Apart from the fucking bit. Apart from fucking. Yeah. But yeah, and um and <laughs> I was watching it and um it was funny because in a previous scene with the mayor, she says, I've spent my whole life hearing things I didn't want to hear and I was thinking like, yeah, like Put on this fat suit. <laughs> and now in this scene, we kind of see the, the, what, the way that it was all heading. And I actually wrote in my notes, I feel a plastic, surgeon, uh, a plastic surgery storyline coming on. Because there was so much said about her appearance. Mm. And then, bingo, that's what we get, right? Yeah. The mayor is told she needs plastic surgery because she's too fucking ugly, basically. She has these twins who are media experts for yes. her party, which they really go out of their way not to name which party she belongs to. <laughs> but the, she has these twins come in who are media consultants to help her look like she can win the Senate race for California if she runs for Senate. And the twins, it's just so, like, it's its more surrealism out of nowhere. It's just like, it's like, here are some twins now. <laughs> so, and, it, like, I wrote in my notes, A, and, and I want to note that these six words, 
I wrote so big that it took uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine lines of, <laughs> of paper for me to write these six words. The ugly sketch is fucking awful. Yeah. So fucking offensive. <laughs> um, but now that I've said that, um, <laughs> but the point about uh, appearance and emotions winning elections seems a little uncomfortably relevant in 2017 yes. with Trump in the White House. Do you think Mayor Plank is the Hillary Clinton of Cop Rock? Totes. Totes. Um, yes. It's, uh... Because, well, okay, look at all the men around her. Not necessarily uh, a ton of lookers. Right. I was going to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still kind of the standard that, you yeah. know... Even the twins who were, like, being like, oh, you know, you've been called the ugly... I'm like, they're not, like, super-duper handsome. The fucking plastic surgeon, not handsome. Yeah. You know, like, anybody else has been in her office, that dude that sang to her in the first episode or two that was trying to do the bribe, that one. Oh, yeah. Not a looker. I mean, he was kind of handsome in his, like, you know... Uh, Bearish way. Right. but, Mm -hmm. But not... Somebody would say absolutely requires plastic surgery. Yeah. None of them are David Duchovny, are they? No. No. Not a single one. No mm. over-the-shoulder molder holders for this crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Exactly. And, like, she is being held to this completely unfair, arbitrary, additional standard, yeah. double standard. Sucks. That is just com- so fucking offensive that, that everybody in the show just accepts that this is the way it's going to be. Like, right. she never once just says to them, get the fuck out of my fucking office. I'm the fucking mayor. Exactly. But they never put her picture in the goddamn newspaper. Like, for fuck's sake. Well, I was kind of hoping she was going to do that when she said to hold her calls. I was hoping she was just going to have kind of like an anger. Like, I was hoping she was going to sing. You know, it would have been much better than what actually happened, you know, after that. Like, you know, she Mm -hmm. totally had a song, but... Yeah, I was hoping she was gonna have like a breakthrough, break mo- breakdown moment, and then just be kind of like fuck them. Yeah, you know? but obviously yeah. she's wearing the fat suit because she does go through with it. Yeah, exactly. That her fate is those three other people's things crammed into one. You know, yeah. it's like one of those like cutout books where you can take the three different pieces of art or the three different mm-hmm. body parts and you can like put it together and kind of. I just thought they missed the trick there, didn't they? Because it's a cop show. They could have had like a composite like. Face oh. thing like they do it, they put out for criminals, mm-hmm. and then she could have seen mm-hmm. like you know she could use that technology to m- put her new face together. Mm-hmm. That would have been good. But no, I agree with you. I I wrote down Mayor's appearance storyline is so offensive, and then um, like the next the few, few lines down, she says to the plastic surgeon, Doctor. Walloon or Watoon I can't remember what he's called I think it's Dr. Walloon beats me Dr. Walloon can you make me pretty to which oh. I've put fucking hell because <laughs> it's oh. like yeah I mean offensive doesn't doesn't really cover it does it if you're listening and you're the person who wrote that scene then fuck you yes is what I'm saying yeah what I, I can't imagine that was acceptable back in 1990, even. I feel like it's a cancelable offence right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did enjoy the little scene between her and her 
secretary, <laughs> where she oh. calls him in and says to him, do you find me attractive? Uh, and you just kind of think, yeah, backing up the wrong tree there. With his eyes, like he did the perfect, like, yeah. like, like the, oh, yeah. you can just see like the change in his eyes. He was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me that. Right. Yeah. I love her super gay little system, dude. Because yeah. he, his performance is understated mm-hmm. and hilarious. And exactly as ridiculous as it needs to be in that moment. Yeah. Is he the first time? Is this the first time we've seen him? He was in the bribe song as a backup singer. Okay, okay, mm. okay. Because I, I didn't remember having seen him before. So. Yeah, he's never been a character that did anything right. yeah. other than sing. I think we all loved him, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not the shady, you know, no other shady dudes. No, but yeah, but he, him. He was yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he was great in this scene. Yeah. I think if cop rock is the daredevil of its time, I'm really hoping that he's going to spin off like like the Punisher. <laughs> this is like the the Punisher of the time. Mm. I, I don't see that happening mm. somehow. Besides, that was like what 27 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not still with us. I'm, I'm sure he is, but, you know. Maybe he could become Crystal Ashtray's mentor. <gasps> That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. But, like, like, a mentor in, like... I don't being know. A, being a secretary or sort of having, like, some martial arts. I don't think he's martial arts secretary. Martial arts. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I'd watch that. I'd watch it. Taekwondo while you type Wando. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. And that is better than two-thirds of the songs in this show. Yes. <laughs> right there. That line. That line is better than the whole goddamn I Hate Love song. It's mm-hmm. better than a lot. <laughs> I tell you what, why it's definitely better then. And that's the, uh, the domestic abuse duet. Oh my lord! Oh, what is the fuck is up with like making domestic abuse okay in this episode? Yeah, yeah. no, it, it's almost as bad as the uh, Millennium back to back of the the pedophiles. You know, yeah. it's like it's like this happens like you know back to back. And we're Jesus Christ, we got five songs and two of them, two out of three so far about domestic abuse yeah. in the relationship. Yeah. yeah, this one was very clearly a quite violent domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I was kind of thinking, you know, as we were watching that, because it was a terrible song, also, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are not many musicals about domestic abuse. No. And maybe there's a good reason for that. Mm. Um, it's, I, I, I think it's a, it's a bit strange that we enjoyed this episode as much as we did, considering how much offensive shit there is <laughs> in it. Right? Yes. So much of it is so weird, though. Yes. That I feel like, for me, it was easy to sort of dissociate emotionally from the stuff that I found offensive mm-hmm. and enjoy the surrealism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, one of the notes I put is that this must be what it was like to be on the air in the same season as the second season of Twin Peaks. Where just, like, you're on ABC, you know you're about to get canceled. This other show is always about to get canceled. They just get weirder and weirder, and it yeah. seems to work for them. Right. Fuck it, let's get weird. Yeah. You know? It was like, we're only three episodes in, and already ABC was pissed about the ratings. Right. And was pressuring him to change the show. And so you can really see they've just started to be like, fuck it. Let's do whatever we can do. Let's be some twisted fucks, right? Exactly. <laughs> Let's have some domestic abuse duets. Let's have none of the songs actually be about being a fucking cop, except for one. <laughs> Let's... Uh, 
let's say that the Wild West was a good idea. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's call the mayor ugly. Why not? You know? well, when, when ABC wanted Stephen Bochco to change the show, did they just want him to change it into something else? No, they wanted him to get rid of all the music and just make it a straight-up pop uh, show. Okay. I think what they were doing, and it pains me to say this, it pains me to say that they were right. Mm-hmm. I think they were looking at episodes and saying, well, I mean, all this stuff about like LaRusso and, and the captain and, and the commander and, and is the cop going to get away with murder or not? Like, and the, the social pressures there that everybody's dealing with. Um, I feel like maybe that's a pretty decent cop show. Maybe if you yeah. ditched all the other stuff, you'd have something you could work with here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you say, like, hardly any of the songs have anything to do mm-hmm. with anything else. Like the whole domestic abuse duet. Mm-hmm. Uh, three words I'd never thought I'd put together. Um, <laughs> but that whole song is just the culmination <laughs> of one scene mm-hmm. that it has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Yeah. Right? I mean, the, the mud-wrestling girlfriend, her song really... I mean, yes, she's in a, a bad relationship with LaRusso, but... I mean, she's in, like, what, two or three scenes? Mm-hmm. And it's not really about uh, police work, again. If anything, her storyline, such as it is, uh-huh. at least reinforces that it's not just that, like, Russo was having a bad day or was in a bad situation or maybe he was right. He's an asshole all the time to people who do not deserve it. Yeah. Thus, it's going to be harder to argue that anybody to whom he has been an asshole did deserve it. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You can't just say, oh, he was killing a cop killer. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. It's, um, he's just a dick all the time, including yeah. to his quote-unquote wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was uh, actually, a, um, she had quite a good line um, where she was kind of asking him to um, do something. And he kind of said, like, why? You know, because, it, you know, I don't remember what he said. And she was like, no, I just think, you know it would be as though you actually like me. Mm-hmm. And you think like, oh yeah, I kind of like that, you know? It was mm-hmm. like a nice line. I mean, it's totally obliterated then by her shit song. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing. Cop rock does have these flashes of... Yeah. I don't say brilliance, but I don't know. It was like when um, Crystal Ashtray's mum had that song at the end of the first episode. That was such a great song, mm-hmm. and it was all so well done. And even if she got shortchanged when she sold the baby, you know, <laughs> it was still a great, a great song. We've all been there. We've all been there. We've all sold the baby for less than we thought it was actually <laughs> worth, haven't we? God, what big transaction like that doesn't have a hitch? <laughs> exactly. Every 10 or 12 months. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not rolling through babies since, you know, I was young. Yeah. I mean, not every nine months. We were not slags. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so, the, so the, the plastic surgery storyline in this episode culminates in a phenomenal song called Perfection. Oh, God, I love this song. This is one of my favorite songs of Cop Rock. I mean, it's not great as a song, but as an experience of the show, mm-hmm. as like a way that it sort of reflects the tradition in musicals of all of a sudden reality goes away. Yes. And now we're going to have the, the big musical number, and then we'll come back to reality when it's over with, and we'll all pretend that nothing weird happened. As a manifestation of that, it is 
perfection. Well, and doesn't it start when she goes under? She wears that awesome hairnet. Yeah. I know. Which you can tell she had her hair all done at 7 a.m. when she went in for oh, her yeah. surgery. Okay. Yeah. And then they put it delicately over all of her curls. I can't wait to, like, I hope they show the back of her head when she comes out of anesthesia. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> she, she just going to look like she got, like, sunshine around her face. <laughs> <laughs> like, Aquanet sun. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Because she has enormous hair, so she has to have an enormous hairnet, mm-hmm. and uh, it just looked amazing. But uh, and then the song begins when they put her under, right? Mm-hmm. And then it all turns into this crazy kind of all singing, all dancing number. Mm-hmm. And it did put me in mind of, and Stephen Bochco, if you're listening, you'll like this, um, The Singing Detective. Because so many of those scenes were sort of uh, uh, the song and dance numbers were just kind of uh, uh, figments of his fevered brain, and you know so they weren't really happening, but he kind of saw them happening. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, like, this is where the show actually does go a bit singing detective, because mm-hmm. you could say that she was just imagining it all. I mean, uh, we we can't really be sure of that because. I don't think we then see her. Mm-mm. No, we haven't seen her Mm-mm. transformation. No. That we see next episode. Can't wait. <laughs> Seriously. And I hope it's going to be one of those dynasty kind of transformations where, you know, in like the real world, when somebody has plastic surgery, they look like a beaten up potato for like months <laughs> on end. But in Hollywood, you have like snip, snip. And then like the following day, the bandages come off and, uh-huh. you know, you're a new Steven. <laughs> I really hope that she's going to have a snip snip moment and we're going to see her looking the way she's meant to look I reveal nothing okay oh. but I do know the answer to that yeah well um, well at least kind of well I guess I don't know but you have to know how she looks normally Barbara yeah, Wilson yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she's in the opening titles she's there in the yeah, but I still, I still don't oh, okay. remember like you know yeah. it's like a flash and yeah it's medium <laughs> shot but the you know and she's sitting down yeah so she you know so, so she could be wearing a fat suit you wouldn't know would you yeah um, but oh yeah and I was thinking the um, the plastic surgery song <laughs> again I was kind of thinking Jesus Christ these people will do anything not to write a song about bloody police work for real right i mean in this episode you've got like the domestic abuse duets you've got i hate love you've got plastic surgery you've got i wish i was an old-timey sheriff you know and you're just gonna think like seriously just write a fucking song about doing police work you've had three episodes now so you know I think there should be a minimum of one per episode, yeah. at least. Because I would get tired if they were all about... Love. Love and or the cop cop yeah. work, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being, you know. I do feel like, to some degree, they're attempting to generate interest by bringing in different performers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Who are, and sort of, a, like, maybe people watch it to see who sings this week. Right. Yeah. But I think if they were going to go that route, then they should have, like brought in somebody who was famous for singing yeah and have them sing have like a musical guest basically for the week yeah you don't have to bring in 1990s Gaga you know every week you have to bring in 
something from 1990. Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle. <laughs> Bring in Patty LaBelle and have her sing a domestic abuse song for, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, why not? Everybody else is apparently going to get to <laughs> sing a domestic abuse song in this episode. But, um. I'd like, watch Patty LaBelle sing any of those songs. Yes. Patty LaBelle can sing about being an old timey sheriff. I'd watch it, no problem. <laughs> I prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, bring in somebody that would actually have generated interest to yes. try to save the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, ABC, I think, by this point, was also doing a really intensive minute-by-minute ratings study right. to try to figure out what was wrong with the show. <laughs> and what they kept discovering was that the minute somebody started singing, people turned the channel. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you, like you say, put in somebody who's, who people would actually tune in to watch sing? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, the, the one thing that the, uh, or one of the things actually that the plastic surgery song had in its favour was the lyrics. Some of those lyrics were actually pretty, pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great song. Yeah. And my, my favourite was Bigger is Better When It's Under Your Sweater. Yes. <laughs> That's such a cool line, and I want it on a t shirt. Or on a sweater. <laughs> Duh. Duh. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, I was slightly put off when the, uh, uh, what is he called, Dr. Walloon, um, sang Cellulite instead of Cellulite. (laughs) And I was thinking, if he was my plastic surgeon, I'd be a bit worried. (laughs) I would love it if there's a malpractice storyline about him. (laughs) I don't remember now. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to see what Barbara Bosson looks like Mm -hmm. when she comes out of the oven, won't we? Yeah. Maybe maybe she'll be as tan as him too, because he's quite tan. He is. Oh, I thought he was Asian. He's not Asian, Mm-mm. isn't he? No. no. Mm. <laughs> Unless he's had a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did practice it himself. Oh. His name might be Walloon, but I don't think he's. he's I don't he's think Walloon was a particularly Asian name. I don't think it was the name. Oh. He's a he's a straight up white dude. Oh, okay. Maybe it's the angle at which I'm watching. Maybe. I'm sort maybe of from the, the screen. Maybe it's the aspect ratio. I know the aspect ratio is putting me right off. Can, can we change <laughs> it and have him be an aspect ratio in the wider version and see that <laughs> mm-hmm. head spread? Yeah, yeah. probably. And also, the, uh, a note I have about the other domestic abuse song, the, mm-hmm. the domestic abuse duet, mm. that the cops stand there and listen to dumbfounded blank expression that continues to be one of my favorite things about the show is that whoever is not singing has received no direction whatsoever yes and does not provide any performance whatsoever they just stand there like it's the mannequin fucking challenge and there's a song happening next to them well i think they were waiting to make sure there was no more domestic dispute happening because at that point then they were just like oh, okay they're getting along now let's not even get their name or like you know, know. Like, yeah is she okay does she need Nothing. to you know does she want to press charges yeah. yeah they're like okay since you didn't shoot us we're just gonna kind of quietly walk out after we just watch and you know yeah or yeah. as you know I love the fact that they they walked out as she's like curled into the fetus position by her abusive husband's feet. And that's the point where they kind of go, looks all right, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, and the last line of that song is, it ain't nobody's fault but our own. I know. Uh, And I'm like, that's fucked up. What I literally wrote down was, quote, it ain't nobody's fault but our own, end quote. And also that of a society that thrives on institutional racism and misogyny. 
thank you. Yeah. Because they just like take. They're like, are you gonna? Be? They ask, her, are you gonna be okay? And her husband says, yeah. And yeah. They're like, yeah. Okay, we're out. Peace. Yeah. Ugh, I hope they sad. revisit that and you know, sort of like there's some there's a, an outcome that they then have to deal with because just leaving it like that leaves a bad taste in the mouth, doesn't it? This is also the era of like the burning bed, that TV movie, and so I would kind of feel really gratified if maybe there were an episode coming where like LaRusso's girlfriend shoots him and this guy's wife shoots him mm-hmm. and like a whole bunch of dudes who have been abusers in the show just all turn up dead in one episode right. and then that they would... go all la, la lesbiana and then yeah. they all go la lesbiana and, <laughs> yeah. and LaRusso is tortured with that in the afterlife yeah, yeah. well I, if they all went la lesbiana I think LaRusso would probably kind of enjoy that to be honest mm. yeah he mm-hmm. does come across as that kind of man kind of a skis yeah mm. Uh, talking of LaRusso, uh, again, the, uh, the, the offence just never ends in this episode. Because oh when he uses his uh, a, a mud-wrestling girlfriend, who uh, I, by this point I decided was Gloria Estefan, uh, to <laughs> uh, entrap that, uh, like a potential prostitute punter, mm-hmm. uh, or John, I guess for short, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was massively offensive as well oh my god I mean at least that was kind of intentional because you just kind of mm-hmm. really saw how much of a bastard LaRusso is that he would actually do that but um, again the kind of the sexual politics of the scene mm-hmm. were pretty awful mm-hmm. especially because at one point she seemed to be going along with it. Right. She's mm-hmm. like, What do you what do you want me to do? And he's yeah. like, I want you to do it. And then like the dude was threatening to kill her and he's like, you know, he's like, Dirt, you know, he basically wasn't standing up for yeah. her. And I was like, if I was her standing looking at him, I would totally just kick him in the nuts. Yeah. You know, I don't care if I get a bullet in my head, I'm gonna kick that motherfucker in his nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah. And she did they do at least let her look shocked. Yeah. For like two seconds. Yeah. But then she's just like, okay, I guess I'll go along. Yeah. God damn. Drives me fucking crazy. Alright. <laughs> That's so much offense to be taken. Oh, yeah. And yet we still kind of enjoyed the episode. Yeah. And I don't think that says that we're bad people, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, tons of other shit points to that, but I mean, yeah. not, no, not that not necessarily. This. No, not <laughs> this. Um,. Yeah, and I'm just I feel like this is an episode where the highs are very high and the lows are very low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is better than nothing, right? And and I agree with your comment on the things were so surreal that it's kind of not even something that you can mm-hmm. imagining actually happening and not having to worry about it being yeah accurate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at something like I mean, it, it's very much of its time. I realize, and this is in some ways, in many ways, an unfair comparison. She'll get, like, the sexual politics of I Love Lucy. Uh-huh. There's a lot to really not like there. Yeah. Um, but it's so surreal that it's hard to take seriously. And maybe that's part of the danger of it. Yeah. yeah. That, that that surrealism allows that that really, like, the foundation of a lot of the storylines in this episode is misogyny. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, we're just like, well, that was a pretty good song. You know? Yeah. And I guess... Um, to be fair, you know, they were embarking on a brand new TV show that was going to last however many episodes they were hoping it was going to last in the first season and then hopefully get 
more seasons after that. Mm-hmm. And the show dealt with things like institutional racism or racism, as it's also known, mm-hmm. um, and blatant misogyny. And so I guess you can't have every scene end or be about how bad that is. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to, you have to have dramatic space for these storylines to mm-hmm. actually occur. Um, I mean, so maybe it's one of these things where, you know, you can't really judge it entirely fairly until we've seen the whole season. Mm-hmm. But, but there are certain aspects which still manage to give offence, even in bite-sized form, mm-hmm. like um, LaRusso's girlfriend's passivity when yeah. she's kind of just being traded mm-hmm. between men. That's still difficult to accept, I think. Yeah. i tell you what's not difficult to accept, and something that made me incredibly happy was that the episode ended with a song about police work. Who knew <laughs> I know. this was a cop show that included songs? Yeah. I think finally... And I think this is partly why episode three is potentially the best episode so far, is because it kind of it all fell into place. Yeah. Because you just kind of think... I mean, and the song... Uh, <laughs> I think is called Garbage In, Garbage Out. Yes, which is a computer science reference, especially from the 80s. But at the time, that term was starting to like be understood more prevalently in society. That it's a programming concept. Oh, I didn't Garbage know in, garbage out. Like, your program just takes whatever you give it and produces an Right. Output. And so if you feed it bad data... Then you get bad data. Oh, um, I did not know that. Yeah. And so, garbage in, garbage out is kind of a computer nerd joke. You know? Oh, um, this is actually, why you're sergeant. I love that song mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. It's not a bad song mm-hmm. for one thing. Second, it's about cop work. It is about cop work. Um, third, it's a, it reinforces and also exposes the sort of dismissive. Yes. Tone that the police have towards the people that they've arrested, mm-hmm. which is just like your garbage, and we're going to pick you up, and you're going to be back on the street tomorrow, and it's garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. And that's, and I, and it, it felt to me like they were not blindly endorsing that as an attitude either. No. And so, in many ways, it is a much more complex engagement with a really complicated set of issues than I would have expected. In song format. In song format. I know. That's very good. And it's well choreographed. It was even, well choreographed, even actually. garbage, air quote, <laughs> we're singing. Yeah. 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 And pointing out, hey, we're not garbage. We're yeah. human beings. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, one thing that annoyed me, and that is the fact that the person who kicks off that song is Leonard Betts. Yes. And we've not seen him before. And it, no. again, it's like he hasn't even said anything and he's singing and I'm thinking, like... But he only gets, like, two lines or something, and then they're on to other people. And I'm thinking, who the fuck are you? You know? It's just like... I haven't even explained who he is. 
He becomes much more of a character. And next episode... He... That's not going to be difficult, is it? No, that's true. <laughs> he could have had one spoken word. Yes. And been more of a character. Yeah. Or somebody would have said, like... I mean, from how he was dressed and how the song began, I'm assuming that he's kind of like an undercover cop. Because he seems to have like a Hawaiian shirt or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so on. But it would have been great if somebody had kind of said... Hey, Leonard Betts, you know, I see you've caught some more scrotes or something like that. And then you, and then he would have gone like, yeah. And then he would have gone garbage in, garbage out. And then we would have known who he was as opposed to just some random guy. Walking through the door. Walking through the door with uh, curly red hair. Because mm-hmm. uh, 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 viewers at the time wouldn't, wouldn't even have the Leonard Betts reference, would they? Because this predates Yeah, no, it's just like five years ahead of his appearance on X-Files as Leonard Betts. Yeah. And well, it be Leonard Betts to us. Oh, yeah. Didn't we see him in something else? Wasn't he in a millennium, too? Oh, I don't know. There Probably. Was something where he was, unless it was the blood. Dude, you know, I, I can't remember this shit. That's why I have you guys. You guys are my I don't remember him episode. from an episode of Millennium, but I okay. could be wrong. He might have been. He was in something. I think you're right. I feel like there was something that we saw together that you were like, holy shit, it's the cancer-eating dude. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I right. feel like maybe he was on an episode of Millennium. Okay, okay. It, it, wasn't in that big, <laughs> it wasn't in that big microwave, was he? No, that was one of those, the boring white cops. Yeah, that was one of the cops that's yeah. interchangeable. Interchangeable in white cop. Millennium is a problematic show in so many ways, but it would have maybe been improved by music. <laughs> um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, and this episode ends on a genuine cliffhanger. Yeah. LaRusso, you're under arrest. It's a great scene. It is. And I, I actually like the fact that it comes right after. And it, so it's sort of like it's set in the in the same setting as the garbage in garbage out mm-hmm. song, and because it, uh, it just kind of reinforced that Larusso is the real garbage, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I really appreciated that. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. I love the way that they have other cops in the station, like sort of crowd up to the windows, crowd the door mm-hmm. to watch him get arrested, and none of them. Look surprised, mm. and I realize this is potentially an artifact of the fact that no one who is not singing has received direction, and that this is perhaps a production that just involves somebody turning on a camera at the beginning of the day and seeing <laughs> what happens. But, <laughs> but <laughs> like, none of them look surprised. None of them look happy. None of them look angry. Mm-hmm. None of them look. Um, nobody gossips nobody twitters no twitters nobody like titters over it nobody laughs nobody gasps in no way is anybody surprised by what's happening no reaction and nobody moves to stop it yeah yeah they just everybody knew this was going to happen sooner or later and now it has and his and he looks around and you can tell that the character knows that his reputation has just been destroyed yeah right I still feel bad for Frankie and kind of worry about him, too, because his partner with that mm-hmm. Frankie, yeah. Oh, beats me. You know, I just I, I just kind of hope, because you saw that evil eye that he gave to Frankie through the window mm-hmm. and his tight purple shirt and his mom jeans. Oh, my God, those mom <laughs> jeans. 
during the episode, literally, we had to like talk about the mom genes. And I do feel like maybe he had to be artificially inseminated in order to qualify to wear jeans <laughs> that were that mom. Like, like he has had an, an embryo implanted in him so that he can wear those mom jeans. He, just putting those jeans on, he is going to lactate any second. <laughs> well, and I think it's also accentuated by the print on that purple top. Oh like, he God. looks great in purple. Oh, yeah. But that design is just like... What the fuck were we thinking in the nineties? Like I'm oh. and people trying to bring this it's like I think that there's a terror now between the seventies and the nineties. I'm like, please. Yeah. Not I mean, I would take the seventies over the nineties any day, but I oh, yeah, you know. mm. yeah. Those jeans what struck me when he walks into the captain's office in those jeans is the belt that he's wearing is about a millimeter wide. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he has about four feet of excess material of waistband just like hanging off of him over top of that belt. And it's just like, it, it looks like he stole a fat dude's pants and, and, and tried to use a really long shoelace as a belt. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it is so shockingly mismatched to him. Yeah. Like it is there's no way in which that is a good choice on costuming's part. <laughs> Repeatedly in this episode I thought to myself, the set dressers did a great job. Like the the, the cop locker room is totally believably scuzzy. Yeah. You know, and like there's graffiti everywhere in all the places where there would be graffiti and like it looks right as an environment during garbage in, garbage out. Like this the room mm-hmm. they're in, it looks it looks more believable than any current cop shows mm-hmm. police yeah. like mm-hmm. like booking room. Yeah. Because it's a ton of desks that are just crammed together in a bunch of in a, in a tiny space and you can tell they don't have enough space for what they're trying to do and it's crazy. Um the set dressers really worked hard on this, mm-hmm. but man, the costume people <laughs> fell the hell down <laughs> on Larissa's partner's pants. Yeah, it's like he's wearing <laughs> the bottom of the mayor's fat suit <laughs> <laughs> with all the stuffing ripped out. <laughs> mm. oh, well, I think. Uh, we all enjoyed this episode. I loved mm-hmm. this episode. I actually did not hate it. <gasps> I did not hate it. Even though, like you said, there were definitely tons of, you know, yeah, shitty misogynistic, mm-hmm. you know, points to it. But I did not hate it. At least it it was engaging. Yeah. Right? Even if it was engaging for the wrong reasons sometimes mm-hmm. and the right mm-hmm. reasons. But it was engaging all the way through. It wasn't like the meh of last week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. I am prepared to bad cop this episode, though. <gasps> okay. Because the domestic violence, uh, the, the domestic abuse storylines are horribly addressed and handled. And the, the whole, like, the mayor is too ugly to become a senator storyline. Yes. No, I'm sorry. We live in a world in which Mitch McConnell is the Senate majority leader. <laughs> and the man looks like he was genetically crossed with a turtle. <laughs> I... <laughs> I will a turtle that was injured and had to have its shell removed. Yeah. So, I, like, I will never. That storyline pisses me off so bad that I cannot accept this episode, even though I loved a lot of it. Yeah, 
And I think even if somebody kind of came back with, well, appearances matter, you'd kind of think, like, have you seen the president? Right. Appearances matter if you're a lady. If you're a lady. Right. Or, or as, as society likes to say, a girl. If you're a girl, a girl yeah. it doesn't matter if you're 50 goddamn years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're a girl, appearances matter. And you can't ever, God forbid, let yourself go or grow hair or not fucking wax and tweeze and die and, mm-hmm. you know, eat a goddamn cupcake for Christ's sakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Cupcakes are in the freezer. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> next time. Yeah. You better make make a fresh batch because that's going to be like freezer for cupcakes. All right, so you're you're bad cop. I'm bad cop. And um, and who are you this week, Officer I mean, I, Duda? I've actually, never oh, been Detective Duda. Good cop. So mm. I'm gonna be good cop. I can be, be good cop. cop. Have involved. Claim what your soul tells you to. Mm. Um, I I mean I usually have the very truncated because you know I'm not one to be able to analyze every moment and compare it to I, I'm going to stop doing this <laughs> um, I'm slightly self-deprecating but mm-hmm. now I'm going to stop doing that um, it was a, I actually didn't hate the episode so therefore I shall be good cop okay so sweet I think yeah. that's really all I got to say all right. I didn't write I, I wrote OMG once I did not write what the actual fuck on no. here <laughs> um, I did not yeah I mean I, I wrote down saddest song on the planet with the I hate love and just you know that it just yeah so I'll let you bad cop the shit out of that but mm-hmm. good cop I felt it was not a terrible episode yeah not not a badly play I felt more engaged and or mm-hmm. enjoyed the people yeah. And I can't wait to see Barbara Blossom. Because I have no idea what she even looks like. Um, she's Asian. No, she's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody looks Asian on that. Uh, from where I'm sitting on, on uh, in relation to that TV mm. and the aspect ratio. I think you it might try be sitting these glasses in the middle I'm sometime. wearing. What? You should try sitting in the middle sometime. Television is actually not any more diverse than that. It's just differently. Oh, diverse. Okay. Oh, well, that's a shame. I thought it was had like a really great diverse cast, but <laughs> unfortunately not. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm happy to be innocent bystander, simply because I loved some of this episode and some of it. I I didn't hate the the actual. Oh no, I did. I hated some of the songs. I hated. I hate love. I hated the domestic abuse duet. Um, but, you know, I really did like the other three songs. Um, and I didn't, I didn't hate the show as the show. I just hated some of the messages that were coming across, which you've already Mm. covered. So, yes, if I had to be good cop, I could, I could be good cop, but I'm probably better suited to be innocent bystander this week. Mm. But I'm hopeful, and I'm super hopeful because for the next episode, because you've told me that Crystal Ashtray's mother's coming back into it. Mm-hmm. Now, you've said that two weeks running now, <laughs> and you've lied. I'm definitely not going to say that every episode just to keep you engaged. <laughs> oh, really? 
She really does come back next episode. I had this episode and the next episode backwards in my head about which one was in what order. Okay. And which so is why you were really excited when the, the So when yeah. <laughs> when perfection came on, I was like, Oh fuck yes, my favorite song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um because it's so weird and I love it for that. Uh it just gives itself permission to have fun. Um but uh, Crystal Ashtray's mom shows back up in the next episode, and there's a whole storyline arc that that kicks off. Yes. So, dear listeners, um, mm. if you needed an incentive to come back, Crystal Ashtray's mm-hmm. mother is it. Um, perhaps even Crystal Ashtray herself. Maybe, after all this time... They managed to coax Linda Evans over. <laughs> now that she's seen Crystal Ashtray being played by a different actress, <laughs> dare I say, a younger actress, <laughs> and Linda Evans thinking, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have turned that down." No, she's probably she probably turned to him, didn't she? Said, "Hey, Yanni, I think I should do this." Yanni? Yeah, that's who she was going out with. Really? Yeah. They were an item for years. They might, they still might be. I don't know. What's Yanni up to these days? Uh, probably playing a piano on a beach somewhere. Well, there you go. I thought he was. Now I'm thinking of Kenny G. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, dudes with perms and yeah, nineties. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Michael Bolton. <laughs> uh, the three of them. There's a super group. <laughs> <laughs> Um, although he couldn't be in it anymore because his locks are no longer long and luscious. They'll get a wig. Yeah. I don't know what Kenny G looks like these days. Kenny, if you're listening, <laughs> get in touch. Send us a photo. Send us a photo. Yeah. Well, any of these people, actually. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. I used to work for a guy who looks just like Yanni, so we could always just have him over and look at him. Oh, Okay. Well, there we go. Let's do that next episode. <laughs> Special guest. Dude, who looks like Yanni. <laughs> Yanni looky-like. Uh, yeah, he'd be into it. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I think we're done with this episode. I think, yeah. Until next week. Until next week. <laughs> yeah. It's a bye, <laughs> goodbye from... Detective Duda. <laughs> Sergeant Snout. And Officer Orifice. Woo! Arrivederci. <laughs> Let's Watch Cop Rock is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. The theme music for Let's Watch Cop Rock is The Crime by Risework, released under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike 3.0 license. And don't forget, you can find us on Twitter as at CopRocker and at Officer Orifice. Did you bad copy it? didn't bad cop it. No, I did bad cop it. <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing that happened just now. <laughs> Where I talked about what I hated. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!